0: is the rebellious wellness over 50 podcast for women over 50 who aren't done yet you may have seen the worst of aging and are hoping there's a better way there is and i'm going to show you how in interviews book reviews rants and stories each week i'm going to bring you the latest science-based info on how to age better I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. It pisses me off, and it's BS. Look, aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. Today, my guest is Christina Eens. You're going to love this background and the stuff we're going to talk about. How about productivity from an energy standpoint? Now, that is a unique twist. Christina, welcome. Thank you. So glad to be here. Thanks for being here. I have to tell the listeners a little bit about your background. It's fascinating to me because the only thing I know about the FBI is TV. But Christina <laughs> was in uh, the California Police Department and the FBI in the Violent Criminal Apprehension Program. That sounds really scary. <laughs> it
1: was actually very fun work. Was it? Well, maybe the topic wasn't as fun, but it was it was a very fulfilling work.
0: Yeah, interesting. And you worked in the FBI's Leadership Development Program, and you trained thousands of leaders. You advanced to senior management within the FBI all before turning 40. And as you call yourself a super achiever, I would have to say that sounds like a super achiever. Well, Christine, we met who knows how, but her I wanted to have her on my podcast because there's this, everything about your take is unique to me. So productivity from an energy standpoint, life is like an escape room. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And your podcast quit bleeping around, which I just love the name of that. Those are the title of three books, Quit Bleeping Around, Life is an Escape Room, and The Secret to Super Productivity. So they always say, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Yes. <laughs> you've done an awful lot in your short life and you've three <laughs> books on top of it all. You also have children, I, I remember.
1: Yeah. Yes, uh, they are mid-20s now. Oh, gosh. And you yeah.
0: look so young.
1: <laughs> well, I did have them when I was young. Okay.
0: All right. Early 20s. So All right. It's funny. Well, it's not funny, but it's interesting. My, my friend's mom just died at 99. Oh, wow. Her brother is 70. And there were times when friends would invite him to go out and do something. He's like, no, I have to go visit my mother. They're like, you could just tell us the truth if you don't want to visit because they couldn't believe that somebody at 70 would have a mother at 99, but she had her. Yeah. He young, right. 20. Yeah. So, okay, let's get down to life is an escape room. That fascinates me. Some of the points that you have on your media site are Awareness of one's perception, how it can become an obstacle to achieving a goal. I think maybe from what I'm hearing is there's too much emphasis on the awareness of what's going on around you. Tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, there's
1: so many different lessons in escape rooms in, in regards to perception. But the main one is, and I could tell a little story in relation to that, is you're, it's really you figure out that your perception is your reality. The, the story that you create about things is what you, how you experience life. You want to share it when we share a little story? Please. Okay. So this one, I have permission because uh, my husband laughs at himself now <sighs> to share this. <laughs> but so we go on escapecations, which means we'll choose an area that has a bunch of escape rooms and travel to it and do Five, six, seven, eight, nine, oh, what a fun. day. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Throughout the world, uh, we've been sticking mostly to the US the past couple of yeah. years. But this one in particular is actually right before the lockdown happened last year. We were at a location and I was excited because we were doing a room with a live actor in it, which was actually oh. playing an undead zombie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I can't remember what his name was, uh, like Barry, the zombie. But I was excited because I've heard of escape rooms before with zombies in them, and then they're chained. And after a period of time, the chain lets up, right? So Uh as you, yeah, and if you're touched, you're in trouble. Well, this one would be roaming freely throughout the, the escape room. So I was excited, new experience, right? Novel, we've done so many over 500 rooms at this point. So a new experience. I was very closely listening to the game master, who's the person that guides you through the experience, and she said, while the zombie will be going throughout the room and maybe rattling the walls and chains and stuff, he can't actually come after you until you locate the Nerf guns. My husband did not hear that. <laughs> <laughs> so I enter this experience thinking, oh man, this is going to be fun. I can mess with the zombie until we find those Nerf guns. He went into the, the escape room with the mindset, the perception of there's a zombie roaming freely in these rooms and he can get me. So we actually started up this experience split up in two different really dark rooms. And at one point, the zombie came and and uh, like jangled the wall. And I pretended like I was in the bathroom. I said, I'll be out in a minute. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> having fun with the zombie. But I heard him over our walkie-talkie. He was getting nervous. Uh, his voice was wavering and... I even heard at one point the game master said, sir, please don't lock that gate. That's a health and safety issue. He was actually trying to lock a gate after he got through it. So the zombie couldn't get to him. Oh, wow. So I asked him after, well, what we actually came into the third room about halfway through the experience. I'm like, what's up? He's like, the zombie's after me. So he ended up getting really nervous as he was trying to do the puzzles. It was hard for him to concentrate, always looking over his shoulder. So by the t- we did get out, uh, we did not get attacked by the zombie. <laughs> he was a slow-moving zombie. He was not a World War Z zombie. <laughs> but um, we, when, once we left, that was the first experience of the day. I was refreshed. I was excited. I was ready to hit that next experience because I had gone in with the mindset, hey, this is a cool new experience and we're going to have fun with it. He went in with, there's a zombie after me. So he was exhausted oh. uh, when we got out of there because that was, that was his experience. It wasn't as pleasant for him. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of in your face about how we create our own realities and how we experience life.
0: That's a great visual. I mean, the story has so many visuals because we often, especially in the coaching world, say we create our own reality. But I think it stays in the woo cloudiness of of theory for a lot of people. But yeah, that's a really great story. Yeah. And that's what what escape rooms help us do.
1: And there's so many other perception things because they actually have puzzles and experiences meant to mess with your perception. But that's the one that comes to mind that is very visceral (laughs) in the whole experience.
0: Yeah. So tell me about the relationship first idea and using this intention as a basis for communication. Oh,
1: I love that you asked that. So we run into all different types of folks in the escape room world. And I've taken teams through escape rooms. And I have found, again, it's that perception that you're walking in that room with. There's others that it'll be... You know, we're getting out of this room. We're going to beat it. We're going to beat the time. And then when they walk into the room with a perception such as that, what happens? If things go wrong, we get agitated. We get upset. We, I mean, all, people snap at each other, the whole things. I'm sure the game masters watching these can share lots of different um, <laughs> experiences that they observe. But what we set in the beginning, and we actually have a 97% escape rate. So it's a very successful yeah. uh, set is what do we want to experience when we go into these rooms? And it's, it's relationship first. It's for us to enjoy our time together. Mm. Right? This is how we love to spend quality time together. We enjoy working together as a team. So anytime any of us kind of forgets that, the other one will re- remember, really let them remember that we're here to have fun. We get out, that's great. But when you walk in with relationship first, it really changes how you communicate with each other, the level of stress in the room and realizing that we're here to get through this together. It just creates more collaboration too.
0: Hmm. Would you say that that just sounds like everyday life if we don't have an intention, especially in our close relationships to enjoy life, navigate in a certain way, decide to disagree in a certain way. Like it sounds like we should plan more than many of us do. Yes. And that's actually what
1: I bring into workshops is, okay, we're about to complete this, this activity together. And, and then of course we can relate it to personal or professional goals. We're, we're going to complete this activity together. What's our main goal? So one of the things that we used to teach in the FBI before we opened up the leadership development program is, okay, so you, you accomplished the mission, but is there scorched earth and burned bodies uh-huh. in your path? Or do you have a team that's motivated and ready to go and move forward on the next thing? Mm-hmm. So whether it's your home team at home or it's a, a colleagues at work, right? It's focusing on that relationship first and escape rooms help you practice that.
0: I've only been in two escape rooms. Both were part of team building exercises and let me just say that there was more of the snapping and you don't get it. <laughs> I'm done with yep. this. I'm leaving. It was, but it, that's what team building exercises. is. It's so interesting how they bring up us, like our personality, just yeah. when we're stressed in that way. Oh yeah. I'm Unless
1: we go in with intention to work right. on something. And that,
0: the intention for us, the intention for the leaders of the group, I was actually a coach of the program, but I was playing as a participant, was to see what we would Experience. They yeah. didn't say you're working as a team. They just said, "Here's a fun night out. Let's do this." And boy, was it not fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, it was fun, but for me, I'm I'm one of these people that I get very frustrated if I can't figure out the puzzle. Yeah, I love puzzles, and I'm the one that likes to undo knots and these little things. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but when you're with other people, and they have to also play a role. I anyway, it was great. And I learned a ton and took away from that, you know, how to interact with people differently, bring out their strengths, not get so frustrated with my weaknesses, etc.
1: Well, and and it's great for emotional intelligence, too, like you just mentioned, right? How to notice and work through the frustration or the nervousness or whatever pops up.
0: As an FBI, when you were working, but I'm sure this carries through to your life. When do you let yourself off and say, oh, I'm just learning or I'm being flexible to let go of this moment. And when do you stick with it? Or how do you stick with something intentional when it seems like, oh, I should just let go? Ah, yeah, good question. So I'm all about growth mindset
1: and I teach it, right? So we can learn from every opportunity. If I do choose to give up, what am I learning from this opportunity? If I do choose to go forward with it, what am I learning for this opportunity? But basically, I set my intention before I, anything, personal or professional life, before I go into that, mm-hmm. and I make sure that I'm constantly meeting that intention. So work-related, I only look for work that brings fulfillment you know, mm-hmm. to me. I'm not going to go through with something that doesn't bring fulfillment. So I guess another gauge then would be emotions mm-hmm. and not the, um, oh, I just don't want to do it. I'm being lazy emotion, but no, this isn't fulfilling. This isn't yeah. something I want to move forward with.
0: Yeah. And I think I would say that becomes more important as we get older. Yes. You know, I can see the finish line more than I can see the beginning, the start line. And how do I want to feel in these days? What kind of work do I I love to work. I love the work that I do. But I recently just gave a client back their project because their communication style and work style was very different than mine. And I thought, you know what? I'm not leaving them in the lurch. I wouldn't do that to a client but I'm also not getting what I need to do the work for them the way that I want to do it. So I love that you say that because it's since
1: a young age and it was well before the FBI, but, uh, and it's not that I've had a lot of death in my life, but I've been very aware of death. And so I've been very focused on, okay, nothing today is taken for granted. Hmm. It could be, I could be, it could be my last day. It could be the people around me last day. So that's really helped me put my priorities in perspective throughout my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people during the last couple of years or year and a half have also realized what's a priority in life, what's more fulfilling and and what's really important. Yes. If they
0: hadn't already. (laughs) I was speaking with a friend yesterday who's a coach and she's more connected to the online coaching world than I, but a group of her peers were saying they've gotten many, many more calls from women who are saying... I just realized that if this is all there is, this is not enough for me or this is not the way I want this to be really just over the past 10, 12, 14 months. Yeah, and a lot of realizations. Exactly. And a lot of new opportunity, a lot of ex- excitement or enthusiasm, but I know that it can be scary in the present moment when you don't know what to do and how to make it happen. Yeah. Well, then we're going to move into productivity, which is a <laughs> word. That's funny. I was talking to the same woman yesterday and we she said you know, there's this woman and she's teaching productivity and she offered to let me into the course for free. And I just thought, oh, productivity, who wants to learn about that? (laughs) Is this an age thing or is this that it sounds hard? And I think what it is, it sounds hard. Yeah. Make it not so hard for us to be more productive. (laughs) Sure.
1: So the secret to super productivity is all about managing your energy, not your time. Because we can't be productive for 24 hours a day, nor would we want to, (laughs) right? So the limiting factor is our energy levels. Okay. And when I was trying to look at what I was trying to think about, what am I going to write for my second book? What comes natural to me that maybe doesn't so much for others? And I realized that I'm able to do so much more, pack so much more living in, right? So that's a great way of being productive is packing more living in, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I realized that I naturally manage my energy, not my time. And so I put a system around it. And it's a three-step system. You can use it either in extreme detail for those people that really like the details and likes to put numbers on things to a very high level, just more of an intuitive way. So the first part is know yourself. So know your natural energy fluctuations throughout the day. And I actually have four different levels that are very subjective. The first one is, well, level four super productivity and that's where nothing can get in your way. You are full of energy. You are going through things quickly. Level three is productive. You're getting stuff done, but you're not like just bursting with enthusiasm and energy. Level two is meh. (laughs) I can't think of a better term for it, but it's like meh. It's like, yeah, I can do things, but I don't want to think about them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to involve my thought process. And then level one is basically zombie mode you can stare at netflix right binge watch a show or something but there's not much else going on the lights are on but nobody's home (laughs) right so the different levels yeah so knowing where you're at on any given day and it changes and then in the book there's actually a two-week assessment period that you can do to see if if you don't already have an awareness of it yeah so it's awareness of that on any given day, any given week, any given month, where your energy levels typically are. And it just makes you more self-aware of where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then step two is know your ECs. And ECs are energy consumers and energy creators. So it's know those things because I want people to start thinking about their energy as a bank account, Mm -hmm. right? So there's things that bring us energy and there's things that take away our energy. There's things that maybe bring us energy right away, but then take it away even more so after like a candy bar. (laughs) I was just going to say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. So knowing uh, energy creators would be things that bring us energy. The top three are self-care, like proper diet, nutrition, et cetera. They are individual to us though. Positive feelings, those bring us energy. They create energy. And then what is it? Systems and routines. So the more that we can create systems and routines about what we're regularly doing, we're saving some of that energy for us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Then the energy consumers. Those are things that take away our energy. Top one, what is it? The uh, monkey mind. So when we ruminate on something or we're worrying about something or we're anxious about something, we're constantly going through that negative self-talk, that's draining. Mm -hmm. Along those lines, negative feelings, not saying we shouldn't have them, but just understand that when we do have them and we need to work through them, it's going to take more of our energy. We'll be a little less productive during those periods of our lives, or maybe not productive at all. And then the other thing is distractions. (laughs) So yeah, a lot of people think that they can multitask. They actually can. It's just their brain switching back and forth constantly, which takes up more energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those that continues to try to multitask and oh, then like yeah, I kick myself for doing it because I end up just more exhausted than I I would have been if I just unitasked or single tasked. Yeah. So it's awareness of that. What brings you energy, what takes away energy. And then the third step is plan accordingly. So when we have control over our schedule, it's doing those level four tasks when you're in level four energy. That was a big lesson for me because what happens when you are in super productive mode, you can knock out 20 of those little things on your task list. Mm-hmm. But what, instead, we need to focus on that one thing that's going to take that energy. Yeah. yeah. So doing the appropriate level task when you're at that level of energy. When you can't control your own schedule, say, for example, I'm, I'm super productive in the morning, I am okay a little bit after lunch, but then about after two or three in the afternoon, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not worth anything. So, so sometimes I'll have to have y'all you know, teach a workshop in the morning, teach a workshop in the afternoon, and I need to be on all day. So different ways you could maybe limit the energy consumers like energy vampires, maybe not having that conversation with that person that completely drains your energy mm-hmm. before you have to go into that you know, level four production mode and then maximizing your energy creators. So maybe taking a quick walk out in fresh air before you have to go into that 3 p.m. meeting. Making sure that you're not having that candy bar when you hit that normal 2, 3 p.m. slump instead having a more healthy snack that sustains you. So essentially, it's just being aware of your energy, knowing what takes it away, knowing what creates it, and then treating it as a a daily budget that you can manipulate to a certain extent, right? We all have a typical energy level, but you can still manipulate it enough to accomplish what you want during the day.
0: I love that. It's very clear, easy <laughs> to follow, and there is quite a bit of science behind what you're saying about we have a finite amount of energy. Yeah, I relate it to willpower. People say I don't have any willpower anymore, or I don't have it at four o'clock. So then I, that's what I want to eat. That's because your willpower is tied to the energy you get, yes. the budget we're given, and as you're saying, use it. Use the energy we're given at the appropriate time, and especially for planning food. People that know that they're going to have cravings at a certain time of day, maybe need to not be in the kitchen or near the, you know, yeah something that occupies them. So it's related to all aspects of our lives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah one way
1: I've overcome that is just for me personally, is I make sure that I keep my energy flow even throughout the day. So I, I, ha- I eat, no matter what, I eat about every two to three hours, a healthy, for the mm-hmm. most part, most days, right? Mm-hmm. A healthy snack
0: to keep me going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that that's great sugar. That you know that about yeah. yourself. You know, there are certain people that I've, in the old days, I used to believe in that, you know, eat when you're hungry six times a day, whatever it would take. Yeah. For some people, they hear that information, they start doing it and it has the opposite effect. Yep. So again, it's knowing yourself, which is the point that you made. Exactly. Really, step one, know yourself. Step one, exactly. And then get creative and experiment
1: on what works best for you.
0: Right and how long would you say if somebody's trying to figure this out is is this like a 2 week process how long do they have to play with the energy it's not a one
1: and done it's okay. constant awareness right because our bodies change especially like the age that I'm entering now where the hormones are right all the the menopausal stuff is happening yeah. so it's just being aware of constantly being aware of not that you have to like be on top of it every second every day it. it's just awareness. Ooh, Mm -hmm. you know, I had a snack about an hour ago in this particular snack and I'm feeling kind of drained right now. So maybe I shouldn't do that tomorrow, you know, or just, Mm -hmm. it's a constant
0: evolution. It is. And to let people know if they are trying a food elimination to see if something is bothering them, one day is not enough. Exactly. The point is makes absolute sense. I ate it today. I don't, I won't eat it tomorrow, but then also don't eat it for about seven days To get the actual result, your body has to get rid of the thing and then adjust to not having it and then see how you feel. So, yeah, like give things time. We want everything to happen like that. Yeah. There's no easy
1: answer. It's just constant. Well, it's just like emotional intelligence, constantly, and perceptions, constantly managing our perceptions, our emotional intelligence, our energy, and just being on top of it, pivoting when
0: we need to. Yes. And that takes some discipline, I would have to say. Yes. It's <laughs> easier to stay in the routine of like, well, I'm tired. I'm just going to have a snack at four and it's a candy bar. And, you know, then I'm just going to, the whole day is shot because I had a bad meeting or a bad conversation. Yeah. I think we have to anticipate that there will be those days that as well as we've planned and, you know, our schedule gets upended, something does come into our world that is impactful and it causes us to, you know, <laughs> to get rocked. Yeah. That's okay. We just have to make sure that we understand these things are going to happen. Don't let it derail the whole rest of the day. And exactly. we do agree there's nothing wrong with calling the day, a, a lo- like at three o'clock, if it's something happening, you're done, you're done. It's not You're like- done. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, yeah, that's part of that. So negative feelings is an energy consumer, knowing that it's just going to take more of your energy. So- Take a day off. You know, do whatever you need to do to, to work through it. I mean, don't sit in your emotions, yeah. right? Work through them. Yeah. Them. Give yourself the space to do that because it's going to take more energy. It just Absolutely. is.
0: And I love the idea of like, I can see this thing called energy now that we're having this conversation and how much I have, you know, maybe yeah. I have a quart bottle and I've got half of it left. Yep. And then the bad conversation comes and it feels like it just depleted. Well, maybe it did. That's okay. Just, yeah, I'm a big fan of naps. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes yeah I don't Those are that, but there
0: are times when i just feel like all i want to do is close my eyes and so i close my eyes so yeah. you do yeah
1: well and that's the other thing about the system i appreciate is it gives us permission hmm. to do that self-care to make yeah. sure that we are and i love you say that because i envision like a, a gas tank gauge of me constantly like it's right here and i'm watching it okay are we down okay let's see can we bring it up maybe a nap will bring it up maybe some carrots and a nice glass of water will bring it up, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or if not, you know what, I'm just going to Netflix binge for the rest of the day and I'm going to be
0: fine with it. Absolutely. And you mentioned hormones. I am in the midst of taking a, another hormone class from a naturopathic doctor in the UK and hormones really drive everything. Yes, they do. (laughs) Whether we're going through menopause, menses, it doesn't matter. our hormones, everything creates a hormonal cascade in the body. And it's fascinating the pieces that I hadn't that I had missed really about the gut and things. But so, as you are experiencing hormone fluctuations, thankfully I'm past all of that. um, (laughs) I'm wondering they used to take me by surprise. Everything's Uh fine, and suddenly I'm having a hot flash, and I'm on stage speaking, or I'm you know Uh in a class. Is there anything special that you do to just go with the flow or manage those?
1: I just notice it and give myself. Permission and space to work through it. Like some days, it's like, oh, I don't feel like doing anything. Let me clear off my schedule what I can clear off, mm-hmm. and then I'll just push through what I can't, what I need yeah. to do. Yeah. So I just give myself permission to have the space, and I love flexibility and pivoting. So yeah, I, I create a,
0: about flexibility. Yeah.
1: So I create a schedule that allows for that. Um, I don't lock myself in too much. Like I'm not going to set up a whole day of meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I leave space so that I can pivot when I need to.
0: Mm -hmm. I would say space for just daydreaming and thinking too. There's been a lot of conversation out in the world about how the importance of daydreaming. Yes. And I don't, you know, as a kid, it would be like, what are you looking out the window for, Missy? Stop daydreaming. (laughs) And I think that stick stays with us and we don't daydream. Yeah. Do you think that that's an
1: energy giver, creator? I think it is. I mean, it is for me. Yeah. 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 Like yesterday, I just, I live on a a 30 story building and I just went up to the roof and just sat there and enjoyed the breeze for a good half hour so that I could focus on the afternoon work when I, when I had to do it.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like you, I like to go outside. I'm fortunate. I live on a, I can just walk outside. There's grass and trees and birds and and that is absolutely restorative. It could be a couple of minutes. Yeah. It just feels good. And my head is wherever it is, but I come back and I have to also tap back in. What was I doing before? I went
1: <laughs> yep. Well, but I and feel brain, like that's good. Oh yeah. Oh, it does. Cause the brain takes up, what is it? 20% of our daily, the wow. little three pound thing in our head takes up 20% of our daily metabolic energy. Wow. So the more breaks that we can give it,
0: the better. Yeah. yeah. And the more good food we can give it. It is a, yes. a consumer of energy. It's a consumer An air. of the, uh, yes. Yeah. Air, Oxygen food. food Sleep. (laughs) Oh gosh. Sleep is when the brain cleans. I never knew this until about a year ago that there's like a cleaning system, like a little cleaning crew that goes (laughs) to the brain while we're sleeping and sweeps out all the debris. Doing all the maintenance. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Maintenance mode. (laughs) Maintenance mode. I don't want to leave without talking about quit bleeping around quickly. What the heck does that mean? (laughs)
1: So that actually came out of um, once my kids left the house or were in the process of leaving the house. I decided, okay, I'm going to go be an entrepreneur. It's time. I started out that way and I wanted to come full circle back to it and just do what I want to do on a daily basis. (laughs) So I was working with a coach and I was trying to think about, well, I wanted to write a book. I started out launching my own coaching business and now it's evolved into professional development. And I have coaches that go do coaching in the and trainings, we do workshops and stuff. But I was trying to conceptualize all that. And at one point, my coach says, quit blanking around using different terms because <laughs> that's, that's what I, I respond to. And I went, that's it. That's my brand.
0: <laughs> so on. that
1: was the beginning of... I, I've created it now where I can create several umbrellas or mm-hmm. I have an umbrella and I create several little brands underneath that. Like Quit Bleeping Around, Secret to Super Productivity, Life is an Escape Room. But that was the first one. And so that was the first book on, hey, I need, I need to quit bleeping around. I need to help others to quit
0: bleeping around and just do it.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's, yes. that how, that's how that was birthed.
0: I love that. And that just do it, whoever came up with that phrase for Nike, boy, it is- I know. It says it all. <laughs> and it just is powerful. Yes. Because some days we have to stop telling the story, complaining about the universe or COVID or whatever, and just move forward.
1: That's it. Take complete responsibility for how we
0: experience life. Oh, come on. Can you name <laughs> somebody else just this once, Christine?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we could, you know, sometimes I take a couple of hours for a little pity party, but other yeah. than that, get
0: yeah, right back to it. <laughs> I had a coach, and I don't know whether this is someone's bigger theory, but the coach told us that when we felt like we had to have a pity party, it was okay, but we had to put a timer on. Yep. And if it was a little one, you got 10 minutes. If it was big, like somebody, something bad happened, you could probably have a whole day. Yeah. Once it was done, you had to be ready to move forward. And it's yeah. interesting how that like moved me out of a whole way of being. Yeah. Just hearing that, like, oh, I don't have to feel bad for the whole day. Yeah. I feel bad. Put for- a timer yeah. on it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think the longest one I've had, I gave myself two and a half days and that's when we first went on lockdown because I am really big on not having limits or any kind of You know, autonomy and independence is very important. So when we went on lockdown, I was livid. So I gave myself like two and a half days. Okay, pity party, Netflix binge. And then like, okay, back to work. It's time to go.
0: I had waves of feeling... In the beginning, I didn't know what the heck was going on. Yeah. I mean, we live in a place where we don't... There's not a lot of people. We don't have neighbors right nearby. But going to the store and all of that stuff had to be figured out. So I think it was just really busy in the beginning with a lot of figuring. Yeah. And then it looked like it was never going to end. Then I went into sort of a slump and I would try to do some work, but I I didn't give myself two and a half days in the way that you're saying, but uh-huh. I just thought today I can't, I'm so distracted. Then there was the energy of politics and the energy of the Met. Oh, all that. Yeah. It's very, just talk about your distractions, one of the energy killers or whatever, how yep. say it. but then ultimately it, it occurred to me that if I just let that be my norm, I would wake up a year later with no business, yeah, no relationships, and you know, yeah. So, I think also we've both done, and many of the listeners, a lot of personal growth work, yeah. And boy, does that come in handy at times like that. Huge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Christina, do you have anything you want to leave our listeners with? This has been so informative.
1: Oh, lots of fun. Uh, well, final piece of advice. Yeah. It keep going. Yeah, be self-aware of your energy levels, your emotions, your perception, how that's getting in your way. And quit bleeping around and
0: <laughs> just <laughs> keep moving forward. <laughs> that's great. And your books can be found at your website. I'll put them on the page for the podcast. And your your website is your name, Christina. Yep. Eanes. Christina Eans.com. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I just loved all of this and I'm going to actually go buy your books now. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, definitely fun. Listeners, thanks so much for being here. We'll see you again next week. Bye, Christina. Thank you again. Thank you. That's the end of another episode of the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's anything that you've heard or hear when you tune in that you think would benefit a friend, a sister, a mother, hey, even some guys, send them my way, would you? And if you've not ever been to the website, rebelliouswellnessover50.com, head on over there. There are resources, things that I don't always get to on the podcast that might help you age better. Be well till next time and stay that way.